0: It's a pleasure to have you joining me for the Perspective Through Pain podcast. I'm Brett Luster, your host, and I'll be joining Colt Dean. Colt is the owner of Off the Wall Chef Service, where he has gained nearly 4,000 likes on Facebook in less than a year. The unique flavors and high quality make his Mexican fare the most dynamic in southwestern Illinois. Through a painful start, Colt learned the priceless gift of humility inspired by his wife. So take a siesta, kick back, and enjoy. Thank you so much for being with us today. No problem. Colt, man, this is amazing being here. And, uh, and I have a lot of respect for off-the-wall service because I did. tried it. Awesome. Worked hard to get here. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some inspirational things because your journey... It's not been the traditional journey to owning your own business. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, But yeah, you have had amazing reviews on Facebook. Uh, If anybody is looking for a great, unique burrito, anything Mexican-oriented that's unique, you should try it out. It's in absolutely off-the-wall chef service. But hey, uh, Colt, can you tell me a little bit, kind of tell me your story, how you started, and and what propelled you to, to start this
1: thing up? I got a job at Ponderosa when I was about 15. It was about a year after my mom died. And I, uh, pretty much just looking for family, you know, like looking for extra money. Didn't really like school. My grades were terrible. Yeah. Um, started doing dishes there and met a whole group of people and that had, you know, party favors and things like that. And introduced me to all kinds of, fun stuff in my life when I was 15, 16 years old, you know, Yeah. and uh, just kept on going from there, and it was like, you know, holy crap, you know, this dude learns, and he's real fast, you know, it's really hard to find in the kitchen, so then they moved me to the grill, Well, before you know it, you know, I was on all-you-can-eat steak night, just jamming, and, you know, I really loved it then, you know, it it was really fun, but I can't tell you how many nights I remember, (laughs) honestly, uh, just because... I would stay up on, I would stay up all night, party, and then go to, go to work, stay up all night, party, and go to work, stay up all night, go to party, and go to work, and then, um, eventually, I left there, went to another place, I think it was like Long John Silver's, ended up, just, uh, really bad, into some bad stuff, and then, uh, got fired from there, bounced around from different places to different places, uh um, then I got on drugs real bad. There was a period that I didn't work at all, and I was just out there like any other ordinary drug addict, just trying to find a place to stay, trying to play, trying to find a place to do my drugs. That lasted probably three years or so. Me in and out of different restaurants, just cooking and learning after people. And um, you know, in the midst of all that, you know, I quit school and everything. You know I had one credit <laughs> in my junior year yeah. like I, I just wasn't there I didn't care and um, finally you know I start I, I moved to Staunton I got with the girl there she got me cleaned up a little bit then I really started loving it when I when I worked at, I worked at Hardee's honestly and there was <laughs> there was a lady there that said hey Colt man you need to keep, you need to get your head out of your butt, you know what I mean? She's like, you know, you're slower than I am, you know what I mean? You need to go faster. If you don't go faster the next week, I'm going to have to let you go. Two weeks from then, I became a shift leader. I really showed him my speed. So that's where I get my, my feet work, my, my footwork from there, because I'm never letting anybody tell me I'm slow again. Then I, uh, Got on the drugs again, and relapsed once again, and um, it was off and on for about another year, and then I started working at like Joey's neighborhood restaurant. It, it, it was it's now the Asian Bistro in Staunton. Mm-hmm. It's back when um, Sam and Judy owned it. Yeah, I remember. You remember that. Sam and Judy? Well, like Joey's. I remember Joey's. Yeah, well, Sam and Judy owned it, and Sam, Sam was a very good inspiration to me too. It was a uh, really get great chef right then he was actually, um, in, uh, in college, you know, to get his degree. And I really respected that. I thought that was cool. You know, having no education from me, you know what I mean? Seeing somebody going out and get education and being such a good cook. I turned out to be really good there. I lost my job there. It really broke my heart because I didn't come in on one of their busiest days because I wasn't reliable because I was still partying all night and um, finally like, you know, I was dealing weed and stuff on the side like sorry, um, it's okay <laughs> yeah I had to change my ringtone but um, yeah but uh I was like dealing pot and stuff and then I got busted with a lot of pot And I moved completely out of town. I went to my uncle's house in like down south by Carbondale. Got off drugs, came back here, met a girl. She got pregnant with my kid, (laughs) and then, like, my kid died. So, because she was doing bad stuff behind my back. So that was that's another really tragic thing. Then I went crazy and just started getting a bunch of tattoos all over him. Married me, married some random girl um, that cared about me, but I didn't care about her. You know, like I really broke her heart, and that kind of sucks too. I don't like to do that to people no more, you know. And then that in the meantime, I was at the Airston and I was going good. I got fired from there. Right. Real shortly after I got with my wife, I'm with now, which is my inspiration to everything I do. And since that point, I have never, I haven't touched a drug since. You've been clean for how many years? Um, thirteen now, probably thirteen years of everything. I mean, I I smoke pot, but it's legal, so <laughs> I've been smoking that stuff since I was eight years old. Yeah, it's normal to me, and and. Inspires it, inspires me to, and um, it also helps a lot of people. So, but that's the only drug I've done for the last 13 years. And as far as I'm concerned, no one should ever put any of that crap in their body because I'm tired of seeing my friends die, yeah. I'm tired of my friends going to prison and stuff like that. So, all that being said, mm-hmm. all that wrapped up into one is why I focused. All of my anguish, all of my anger, all of my pain towards family members dying, towards my son dying towards everybody passing away, people yeah. being on drugs, I focused it all into my food and I just started being everywhere i went going I went to gianni 's for five years, slinging pizzas like crazy i've oh, been oh, i 've oh. been on a uh, commercial for uh, uh, it's it was the first Hillsboro Bank commercial in Hillsboro. Mm-hmm. If you look it up on YouTube or whatever, you'll see me spinning pizzas, mm-hmm. popping them in the oven, with a um, a, a local man that owns Gianni's. Yeah. You know, and then I just been working, working, working. I bought this taco truck, and it's yeah. been smooth sailing from there. I mean, not really smooth, but. I haven't had to work for anybody for over a year. That's awesome. And I'm paying I'm paying a couple people now. They're under my payroll. And um, now it's me being the leader. And I'll tell you what, as many times as I, uh, about the owners that I had and the responsibilities that I had and things like that, I really wish I could go back and just tell them all sorry for giving them grief because... Yeah. It is so hard finding good workers, and it's so yeah. hard trying to keep up with their attitudes, yeah. your yeah. attitudes, your daily life, their yeah. daily lives, their daily bread. Mm-hmm. You know, their their money they're making. Yeah. If I'm not making money, they're not making money. You know what I mean? If I'm not making money, they're not making money. The business ain't making money, so true. it ain't working. Yeah. So, like, you got to care about all of that overall thing. All of that. Yeah. You got to you
0: you care now. Yeah.
1: Yes. I actually, I actually back, didn't care. Didn't care. I didn't care about earlier. nothing.
0: So tell me why you said your wife is everything to you now. So, so what was the turning point and what really clicked it where you're like, man, I'm, well, I don't want this life anymore.
1: Well, you know, me and her, uh, we met when she was like 14 and I was, uh, I was on some bad stuff back then. And she moved away and I met her again. So it was mm-hmm. almost like fate that I met her. And, um, that's when I really started belie- believing in God again. You know, like, maybe this is possible. I just met a really good girl. You know, she, ha- she has a daughter, beautiful daughter that I can help with. And um, just really focus on having a career and being a man. Well, we got together and we've been together ever since. She supports me through everything. We've been through everything together. We built this, this from the ground up. We bought that trailer out there, uh, you know, I, I, I potty trained her daughter while she was working, while I was looking for, while I was looking for work after the Ariston and after Timberlake's closed down and things, you know, um, you know, that little girl, my son and my wife, truly my inspiration for why I never want to do another bad drug in my life ever again. It's just that it's, it's love is the inspiration if that was the one word to sum it up, it's love. I, I truly found someone that loves me, for me. yeah. And like, uh, all these tattoos, she don't even see them. Mm-hmm. That, that's not me to her, you know what I mean? She don't judge me for no- nothing. Yeah. She reads me from the inside. So that, to, to sum it all up, man, love. Lo- love is... Love is all you need. Yeah. It's Let's, quote the Beatles, man. You yeah. know, like that's that's what it is. Let's go to something else too yeah,
0: that you touched on. You said, I want to have my own business, I want to be yeah. a man. Yeah. So tell me a little about that. You told me a little about before that growing up wasn't all that great. But you're not gonna sit around and cry about it. Yeah. So now tell me What is real masculinity? My father wasn't around whenever I was growing up, and I saw him maybe five times. Real masculinity to me is
1: taking care of your family, making sure that they have what they need when they need it, values, respect, showing your kids how to look a man in the eye and how to shake a proper hand and how to work for a living rather than trying to always ask for a handout. That's being a man. Yeah. That's being a man. Being the punk that I was, was not being a man. Mm. So when I got with my wife finally, I felt like a man. I opened the door for her before we, you know, had our kids. I opened the door for her when we went on a date or so su- su- and such. I sent her flowers. I did her thing. Did things that a man would feel good to do for a woman. Mm. And uh, that's being a man, dude. Just loving, loving your family, making sure they don't go without. Being there for them when they cry, when they when they need something, even when they don't need something, maybe just try to push it out of them so they talk. You know, my mom's or, or my mom, my wife's mom died on Fourth of July a couple years ago. Man, if she wouldn't have had me, she'd have went nuts. I was, you gotta be there for your family. That that's what that's what it is being yeah. a man. To me,
0: do you feel like in all types of media, America? That there's a false story going on about what it means to be a man. You see a bunch of people just chasing money at all costs. Everybody has an opinion.
1: Everybody has an opinion. If I was greedy, if I was truly greedy, I would spend all of my family's money to go out there and try to put this this food on the map. would go, I would go sell everything. If I was based from greed. I have a really good product. And when you try my product, you'll know. That I have a really good product. Yeah. But I'm not going about not being like that. I think it's petty to do too much at one time, to spend everything your family has and put a gamble on it. Would you put a Would you put a gamble on your family? No, I'm not. I'm not putting a gamble on my family. I no, no. So that's that's that. I hope I answered your question correctly. Yeah. I yeah, so yeah. I just I got ADHD real bad, so I go everywhere. Oh, okay. So just kind of calm so me I'll down if with. I go that way <laughs> yeah you,
0: ha- you talk about your tattoos yeah I love your tattoos we're gonna yeah. talk a little more about yeah. them too but I mean you can be you can be intense yeah. and you can you have a very hard work ethic yeah. and whenever you're in here you're you just you're just back and forth bam 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 you go yeah. quick you've got sweat pouring down and everything so what is that edge how do you get that drive and that passion?
1: What, where does that come from? ADHD. I can't sit <laughs> down. It's hard for me even to even sit down and have this conversation with you. Like mm-hmm. I'm usually talking while I'm going. Yeah. I just don't stop moving. Mm-hmm. I have to take, uh, you know, melatonin every night to sleep. Can't shut my brain off. My brain's always going. See. And for example, <laughs> I got numerous books. Yeah. On books. On books. Mm-hmm. Of just things see, I've been, I write little journals of recipes, Mm -hmm. what I have to do, just, it's almost like, um, it's a random tomato sauce, you know, just different jots, my brain moves so fast, I have to write all this down, and it's, um, it's not easy, (laughs) you know, and I focus it by, running back and forth, 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 and just keeping myself busy. That's what calms my ADHD down. I have to be running. If I'm not running, man, I'm dormant. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just, I I can't do it. Can't sit still. Never been able to. I can show you any report card I had, and it says, can't sit still. Always fidgets, always taps on something. You know, I just, I can't. I can't focus unless I'm running around, man. Yeah. You know? And a lot of people always are like always thinking about something else.
0: So, what would you say to a kid that doesn't have much purpose? They don't see their purpose in life, okay? What would you say to that kid? Now you have your own business. You've had your business for how many ever months or years?
1: Uh, three years I've owned the business. Three years, yeah. One year I have been running my taco truck. Mm-hmm. This year I got the taco shop. Yeah. Well, no. The question was, what would I tell a... That kid, yeah. Who has ADHD or... that's having problems. Having problems in school like that. First off, I would ask them what, what, what they think they're good at. What they get the most compliments on. And then once they told me that, I would tell them to focus on that. And get better at that. And excel at it. Because... You know, a kid like that's going to have 20 million different ideas before he finds out actually what he's going to do. You know, it took me to, to far past my 20s to even realize I loved cooking. You know, that's just what I knew how to do. I would take any job if I could just to, just to have money in my pocket to support me through my drug habit or pay my bills for my family. So I would probably tell that kid, you know, focus, focus on what you're good at. Write things down, so it isn't so overbearing in your head. Write things down. Mm-hmm. You know, that old Van Wilder movie or whatever he said. You know, write this down. You ever seen Van Wilder? I've seen. Yeah, well, he, he days, passes yeah. a book to to old guy, and he says, you know, write this down. And it was also on like Animal House, I think. So uh, yeah. one of the guys said, oh, always write this down. But but um, yeah, where, where are we at then? Oh yeah, about uh, writing things down.
0: So what, yep. what's the power of writing things down? I hear a lot. Of so you remember it. So if you remember yeah, it. You just know, it's out of your head. Yeah,
1: so you remember it, and yeah. so you can kind of block that out. The way I deal with everything coming in my head, um, I watched, a, believe it or not, like a long time ago, I watched an infomercial about like a brain study or something, and they said. With ADHD and ADD and things like that, you got to get to the point where you're putting different boxes in your head, and you're 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 shoving like your anguish to that one, and you're shoving your your what happened in the past to that back one back there. So and lock it up, you know what I mean, and then yeah. put another box out, focus on that box, and then shuffle the box. I don't know if this sounds crazy, but that's how I do it. I shuffle categories in my head, yeah. and I just try to focus on one thing a lot of times it don't work but about 90% of the time it does for me yeah compartmentalize it. yes Different compartments. Yeah. yeah and I have you know like no education brother none except for like up to seventh grade you know I, I, I went to the seventh grade three different times because I didn't want to be there yeah I just have to stir this real quick sure but yeah Three different times because I didn't want to be there, and then they sent me to, like, a safety school. And then, like, as soon as I got through high school, I was really good at wrestling, but I really didn't care at that time either. I just wanted to be in kitchens, hang out with my friends, do all... I don't know, man. Yeah, Yeah, you said whenever you were
0: uh, going through a hard time, you ended up, you know, getting... Bunch of tattoos and just going through yeah, that a period was right after my like, kid died. damn You're just it, yeah. was, it was kind of nuts right there. Uh huh. So tell me your three favorite tattoos, and I want to know the stories behind them. My three favorite tattoos.
1: Okay, would have to be the first one, the uh, the praying hands would be. Braden James Dean was my son that I had to bury. That's the tattoo that I got three hours after I heard the news he died my second one would be my misfits one I listen to a lot of misfits getting out of my addiction there there's just so many stories man my OTW taco I just got that my first year that I opened here and uh, that's what it means a lot there so I actually got a couple more tattoos to tell you about uh, the in Cooks Tuesday through Friday. <laughs> Tuesday through Friday. I'm in an interview right now. Tuesday through Friday. No worries. See you soon.
0: <laughs> People just can't stay away. <laughs> no.
1: But um. But yeah. Uh, other than that, man. Probably like my brothers and my sisters and my dad. Everybody that's passed away. So this whole arm, everybody's passed away except for three of these people. Mm. So that's about it. The other ones really have no other meaning to me except where I just wanted to put them on me. Mm-hmm. I got extra virgin olive oil on my knuckles. Chef on my other hand. Yeah. So those mean. What well, exactly what they mean, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're what they are, It means know, I'm a chef. self-taught chef. And yeah. I use a lot of extra olive oil. <laughs> so
0: you do things in an unconventional way. Yeah. You're a unique individual. Love it. And, and you're al- and you're also serving unique food. You can't oh, yeah. get any food like that around here, this side of the river. I mean, even St. Louis. But we're only about 40 minutes from St. Louis, maybe, where we're interviewing at here in Benilde, Illinois. So you do things unusually, tell me about your unusual trips down to St. Louis, because most people would just get their food brought to them on a truck. So tell me why you do that, and then tell me a little about that experience. Well, um,
1: we go to like the restaurant depot, local markets and things, because I like to be able to know what I'm getting firsthand. I don't want other people to be handling my product, or just, oh, well they don't have ground beef, or they don't have 80-20, so I'm just gonna give them 73, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't want that to happen. I want to make my own decisions. You know, I want to see the ingredients. I want to smell the ingredients. I want to taste the ingredients. I want to look at them. I want to know how much I can get for how much and um just I want to be picking out my own produce, my own meats. I want to see if my my brisket has enough marbling in it or if my chicken smells good before they bring it to me or if it's cold enough, I want to be able to control my own temperatures. I want to make sure that people get good quality fresh food. And uh, that's why I go down to St. Louis. We go once a week. And um, then other than that, you know, I'll go to like Brandy's Market if I run out of something. Or other than that, I, sh- I shop local. You have to shop local. I, I-, I love this town. I uh, it's a really good town. Does my taco shop need to be in a bigger town? Yes it does. But this is what I could afford right now. Mm-hmm. This was starting off your own business. You have to start small and you have to you have to think big but work small. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I got a really big dream, but it's not gonna happen overnight. Right. It's not about the fast dollar, it's about the slow nickel. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that's the way I go about things. I gotta i got to start small. I want to get my name out there so big that maybe somebody will back me. Maybe that somebody will um, believe in me one day. So, I know I believe in my workers. What's your biggest dream regarding I wanna, this business family? What's your biggest dream? I want to make OTW really big and um, the whole concept... And I want to have a few of them around here. Then me and my wife want to um, pretty much move to Florida, set a taco truck on the beach, and um, retire down there mm. within five to ten years. Within five to ten years? That's my years. That's my, that's my goal. Mm. And And if I don't make it, another thing, like people's people's doubted me you know like you can't do it in five ten years well that's their opinion mm-hmm. that i can't do that i'll work as hard as i possibly can to make sure me and my wife have our goal and our dream mm-hmm. and um that's really all i gotta say about that
0: yeah you definitely come across as somebody's humble you're, you're a humble guy and no one likes
1: me man yeah now people are starting to like me and like my food and i really enjoy it yeah. and i um, I owe it to God and I owe it to my my wife and my kids that's exactly
0: what I was going to talk about so can you tell me a little about your faith and and why why your faith
1: in God is is so important to you it's real easy I I don't want to start crying I I want to see my family again I miss my mom and dad Um, I miss my mom and dad I want to see them again and walking in fire like I have been All my life it's not a good way to go see my mother and father so um and my child and my grandma and friends that have passed away that's why i believe in the lord and i believe in the i believe the lord can give it and i believe the lord can get taketh away and that's been said so many times that it's almost like i'm blaspheming but i'm not it's the truth just because god throws you a curveball don't mean he's not gonna throw whipped cream on it later you know Just roll with the punches and breathe. There's no reason to take your own life. There's no reason to take drugs because of it. All you have to do is just keep rolling. That's why every time, every time I'll see you, usually I say, rock and roll and God bless. Because I always want you to keep rolling. One foot forward, keep going. You always got to keep going.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for the Perspective Through Pain podcast. Now, please share this content with your friends so that it can reach more and more people. Really appreciate you. Have a wonderful day.